0: This is Prairie Doc Radio, everybody. It's a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Rick Holm and Joni. We can't forget Joni. She's been a very important part of this whole thing all along.
1: I saw a picture for the paper last week. Did oh, you see really? that? Oh, no, really? I didn't. It was an ad for the, for the hospital, and she was...
0: Oh sure
1: probably have it in here somewhere
0: yeah well i you know maybe it was one of these honors that our well, hospital has gotten
1: she might be living right because she never appears to ever be any older have you noticed she never I, she yes. never ages
0: yes i have noticed that mm. i she looks almost identical to the way she looked when i started at the clinic in 1996
1: has it been that many it years? It has
0: been that many years.
1: Where did you come here from, Dr. Johnson? I came
0: here, well, I spent a year in Sioux Falls doing my internship, and then I did the last two years of my residency here, um, but I originally am from Iowa, Okay. so I grew up in near Waterloo and went to college and med school in Iowa City. So you're, so,
1: you're we call you a hometown girl, I'm you a know? Midwest.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, I've, I have lived here longer than I have lived anywhere else. So it's a good
1: place to live and raise a family. It
0: is a good place to live and raise raise a family. And we've got excellent health care here. Oh the best uh, the best in town. Oh, yeah, the be- <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so a prime example. I have I'm gonna go see my personal physician, Doctor Andrew, tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. And how nice it is, I go a block and a half up the road. And yes. I can receive state-of-the-art healthcare care in my backyard. I don't have to go someplace else. Yes. And I like that.
0: It It is remarkable. And we have actually, our health care has been recognized. We've had two major awards here recently. Um, the uh, National Rural Health Association recognized our hospital here in Brookings as one of the top 20 rural and community hospitals uh, in the country. That's amazing. It is amazing. It It is is really amazing. And, you know, in fairness, most of these are Midwestern hospitals, but it's still an amazing uh, honor. So that's great. And we are also ranked on the U.S. News and World Report Top hospitals of 2022. That is also amazing. It is, it is amazing.
1: But it speaks to the entire staff. You know, not oh, not just absolutely. the medical staff, but I mean, there's, the nurses are outstanding. The
0: nurses are amazing. Actually, I think we we should credit the nurses for for all of this because they are really really key.
1: While we have you here, before we get into the questions, Doctor Johnson, let me ask you. Now we're two years into the whole COVID. Yes. Where are we at? How are we doing with that?
0: We are actually doing significantly better than we were a month or two ago. The numbers have been steadily falling. Um, If you look, I have easiest access to the Avera system network. Hospitalizations, but if you look system wide, we're at about 25% of where we were just a couple months ago in terms of hospitalizations. Uh, So the numbers are much, much better. Um, They sent around a little thing this morning with the clinic about how many tests we've done and the positivity rate. And, you know, we've done fewer tests so far this month than we did in a day at the peak, and the positivity rate is very low. Now, it, it's You can't really compare apples to oranges here because we're seeing so many people testing at home, which is fantastic. Um, but the numbers we're seeing... You know, are are definitely much much better, and the hospitalizations are much better. They're still there, there's still people being admitted to the hospital with COVID, uh, just not nearly as many. And you know, it's it's wonderful because the staff was really stretched then.
1: And I'm sure they're still recovering from that. Oh, know, absolutely. Trying, it's, it's, it's like uh, almost uh, being in a war zone. Yeah. You know, what did I ask you? I don't quite understand the reporting. Um, when people pass away. Do, mm-hmm. and they're reported as a COVID death do they they may not die from COVID but they die with COVID is that included then as a COVID death
0: so let's let me just back up a little bit and talk about death certificates and how we uh, fill out death certificates and this is how we filled out death certificates Well, ever since I started filling out death certificates in 1995 Um When you fill out a death certificate, they ask you for kind of a chain of events. So what was the ultimate thing that caused that person to die right now? So maybe this person has cancer, uh, and maybe they were fated to die from their cancer within the next month or so, uh, but they got in a car accident, and they actually died from their injuries in the car accident. So if they died from their injuries in the car accident, that would be the primary cause of death. But then there is another section on the form that says other things that contributed, but didn't lead to their ultimate cause of death. So maybe this person uh, who had cancer had had chemo and uh, their blood counts were really low and they got in the car accident and they just didn't have as much blood. And it didn't take as much for them to to bleed to death. Or uh, they had bad heart failure and they, um, you know, they got in their car accident and they didn't survive the surgery because their heart gave out. Uh, So there's all kinds of things that maybe made them predisposed to not being able to cope with whatever this final thing was but didn't actually cause this final thing.
1: A contributing factor, then. A but contributing okay. factor. Yeah, gotcha.
0: but not a direct factor. So um, the difference between dying of COVID, maybe I have cancer, and um, maybe I'm on chemotherapy, but, you know, I'm. I'm doing okay and I'm doing all my normal things and, and uh, I get COVID and I go into the hospital and I die. Well, maybe I wouldn't have died of the COVID without my cancer, but it was fundamentally COVID that killed me at that moment. Well,
1: thanks for that. That does help clarify a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, I also, I don't wish should be concerned with this. The state of South Dakota has a 60% vaccination rate as, com- as compared to the 65% nationwide. So we still have a ways to go. We have
0: a ways to go. I would love to see that number close to 100. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, vaccination is still important. Um, vaccinated people can get sick, but they are far less likely to end up in the hospital. They are far less likely to end up in the ICU. They are far less likely to end up on a ventilator and far less likely to die.
1: No, people can still receive their vaccinations, can't they?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We would be thrilled to give you your shot. Um, and, you know, yes... It's a little disappointing to think that maybe this is something that we're going to need to get every year. Um, that word is not official at all, but, um, you know, we have to recognize that just like influenza morphs and changes and you need a new flu shot every year, in part because your immunity Fades and in part because we see new strains circulating. uh, It shouldn't be surprising to think the same thing might happen with COVID. Um, It sure would have been nice if we all could have gotten one shot and then think, oh, I never have to worry about this again. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I can wash my hands of it. I'm done. Um, But that was kind of a pipe dream anyway.
1: But that's the way it is with anything. Uh, If you want to get Protection from seasonal respiratory influenza, you go and get your shots shot. at the start of the season. I, I should have a shingles shot, Yep. and I should have a pneumo uh, pneumonia shot. shot. I should have one of those, too.
0: Yep. Well, and tetanus shots. I mean, we're all— Those I've had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. But, you know, we all hopefully got our tetanus shots as babies, but we should still be getting our tetanus shot in that case every 10 years but there are circumstances where you get it sooner than 10 years. If you're in that car accident again, we'll usually be giving you a tetanus shot.
1: Have you ever seen or treated anyone with tetanus, lockjaw?
0: Um, I have not. I had a patient that that I can remember very vividly that we thought had lockjaw, and I remember Dr. Kamud Saxino. That's probably a name that uh, a lot of our a blast from a past for some of our our listeners um and i remember you know she was from india and had practiced in india and had seen tetanus she and her husband uh satish and i just remember her leaving the room and and turning to me and saying boy i hope he lives um wow. and that was again within the last 25 years but it, it tetanus is a terrible disease yeah. it's truly a terrible disease it,
1: it's um Horses carry tetanus, and if you have ever had horses on your farm or property and they've made horse biscuits you have it you have it in your soil, in your soil. yeah
0: and and it can last for decades i mean the the tetanus uh, organism is not a fragile organism it lasts for decades. I was not aware of that horse connection there, but uh, I know any kind of any kind of puncture wound can deliver that organism deep into the tissue and um, can can cause that.
1: My friend Doc Woody, of course, you know sure, animal yep, veterinarian, cross, and yep. and has to you know be very careful and conscious yep. because he said, well, let's think of it. You know, you've got a cow that's choking on something, so you stick your hand down up to the shoulder and you fish around. Then you think, what if she has rabies? You know, yeah. <laughs> something like this. So yep. you always got to be thinking, you know.
0: Yep, yep. Those vets, I tell you, they are definitely definitely uh, at risk. Shall we go to a break? I think we are past that. So we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc uh, on KBRK and on the podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions you would like us to talk about. And we'll return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings.
0: Yes. Speaking of of endemic diseases, rabies. Boy, that's a scary one, isn't it? It really is. And we were talking
1: off mic about, you know, a neurotic little farm boy that I was. I read the book Old Yeller, and then I saw the movie, and I was absolutely terrified um, of getting rabies. And then I read about, in the old days, when people would get it, they would chain Uncle Ned up to the oak tree in the front yard. Until
0: he died. Yeah,
1: because yep. if he, he would go mad. Yep. And how yep. scary is that? It,
0: it is very scary. And it's important to recognize that rabies is still deadly today. Virtually nobody survives rabies. So if there is any question... Get your rabies shots and get your animals immunized because, you know, rabies is is carried in the wild animal population. And if your dog or your cat or or your animal is outside at all, there is that possibility for them to to be in contact with a wild animal and. Yeah, it is scary. We
1: had an old widow lady, Grandma Wheelander, was out hanging up clothes on the line one day. And a skunk came stumbling up out of the grass and bit her in the heel. Yep. And that poor old woman had to go in. Because, you know, the skunk yep. ran away, but they yep. couldn't take the chance.
0: No, absolutely. And and that is abnormal behavior for a skunk. Yep. I mean, a skunk is not going to come up and assault you. Um, and that's, that's definitely better safe than sorry. Oh, we are getting questions. So... Uh, let's start with this one. For arthritis, is it better to take a few Tylenol or an Aleve a couple times a day? And the answer to that, um, generally, Tylenol is your safest... Yes, (laughs) Bob's pointing to his (laughs) bottle of Tylenol. Tylenol is your safest medication. Um, I love Aleve. I love ibuprofen. I take them myself. But you have to be aware that they always... Even if you don't feel it, if we were to put a scope down and look in your stomach after you'd taken some ibuprofen or some Aleve, we would see a little bleeding in your stomach. They are Stressful on the kidneys And if you have any kind of Cardiovascular issues it can can Be a little stressful for the heart Uh, You may find that Aleve Or ibuprofen is more effective And certainly I have people That that take this regularly And I make them come in I even make my partners come in And I draw their blood every six months And I make them pee in a cup every year To look for any evidence that their kidneys Are being stressed or damaged By that anti-inflammatory medicine
1: Need we worry about liver damage from Tylenol?
0: Only in excess. For the average individual, you can take, uh, we used to say four grams. Now we're a little more conservative. We say three grams. So... That would be the equivalent of six extra-strength Tylenol in a day uh, or nine regular-strength Tylenol in a day. You do have to be a little careful because Tylenol is often in kind of cocktail medications, cold medications, some prescription medications. uh, And I wouldn't wash it down with more than one beer (laughs) because alcohol can increase the toxicity of that, that on your liver.
1: Should you take it with food?
0: Uh, It is less important with Tylenol than with Aleve or ibuprofen. And the idea uh, for the anti-inflammatory medicines is that it kind of helps buffer your stomach from some of that stomach damage.
1: Will certain foods affect medications? Let's say, for example, that you're taking doxycycline. Should you say we're from dairy? Can you eat with that?
0: There are definitely some medications. It doesn't matter at all. Other medications, yes, it can – typically what happens is that the – the food interferes with the way your body absorbs the medication. So you will probably see on the bottle that you should or shouldn't take it with food or milk. Doxycycline, classically, the calcium will bind with that antibiotic and keep you from absorbing it. Oh, really? An- another classic example is, is a lot of people out there taking Coumadin or Warfarin uh, that they may take because of a blood clot or to prevent blood clots or because they have have an irregular heart rhythm or they have an artificial heart valve. Uh, Those are probably the most common reasons that people would be taking that medication. And you have to be very careful how much vitamin K that you eat while you're taking those medicines. Because the Coumadin acts by blocking the, um, the effect, the use of vitamin K in your liver to make those clotting factors so there's a lot of different medications out there that you have to be cautious with talk with your pharmacist talk with your doctor Um, you know in in the case of the the coumadin it's not that you can't eat vitamin k you just have to be very consistent with how much you eat
1: You know, and I've also heard that there are some medications you have to be very leery about consuming if you have grapefruit juice or citrus. And that surprises me also.
0: That affects the way it gets absorbed, too. So, yeah, there's – and some of them, it's a minor issue issue. And others, it's a bigger deal. Thyroid medication, for example, um, you really need to take your thyroid medicine on an empty stomach because taking it with food dramatically affects the way it's absorbed and inconsistently affects the way it's absorbed.
1: And it can be confusing when you go to the pharmacy, and the pharmacists are always really good about explaining, but they'll give you this printout, seven pages long on both (laughs) sides with all the contradictions. and. Honestly, who reads who them reads all? Those. And you know, <laughs> if the guy was telling me the three top things to avoid. You know,
0: yeah. But um,
1: there's a lot of things to remember.
0: There are a lot of things to remember, and it gets really hard, especially if you're on a bunch of medicines.
1: And we have uh, a responsibility to be responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, we're responsible for maintaining the dosing schedule and following the and protocol. And it's
0: difficult. It yeah. is difficult, especially if you have again more than one medicine. I try really, really hard not to give anybody a medicine they have to take more than twice a day because I can't do that. I can't do that. So I don't expect other people to be able to.
1: You know, a lot of people carry those little white seven compartment yep. pill things, but some of them aren't big enough. You have yep. to go two of them. <laughs> and then what if you get them mixed around, you know? Yeah.
0: Now, uh, you can ask your pharmacy to do what we call compliance packaging. That just makes it so much easier, and they'll have these little cards, and they'll put the pills that you're taking at different times a day in their own individual pockets, and, and that can be just a real... Real game what's that called for compliance compliance packaging there may be better other names that places do but they will package your medicines not just in a single bottle per medicine but laid out like those little pill boxes so that you can you, you can keep it all together.
1: And maybe this is a question better suited for pharmacist Dr. Johnson, but what's the difference between a compounding pharmacy and just a normal, a regular, regular pharmacy. pharmacy?
0: So a compounding pharmacy actually uh, will take the raw material of the, the medicine, will take the, the medicine and will crunch it up or, or whatever they need to do. If it comes in a powder and they'll put it into whatever cocktail, we need, and then they'll put it in whatever distribution form. So um, probably the, the situation where I use the compound pharmacy the most is with a medicine naltrexone, uh, narcan. A lot of people know this as a medicine that we'll use to reverse overdoses, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's available as a nose spray and a, and a shot. It's also a medicine that gets used um, to help people with uh, addiction issues um, so they'll may take that pill orally or they may get a once a month shot or they may you know otherwise use that medicine to try to help them uh, and I use it not uncommonly at all for people with chronic pain issues particularly fibromyalgia and in that case, the the pill comes as a 50 milligram pill, but I may want these people only to be taking, you know, two or three or four or five milligram. So the pharmacy, and there's different compounding pharmacies, the the one that most of my patients use is just down in Sioux Falls, Mm -hmm. uh, and they will distribute that medicine and they will get that three or four or five milligram into a little capsule and send it to the patient.
1: I was always afraid to sit in my grandpa's lap when I was a kid because he was on nitroglycerin. And I thought grandpa mm. was going to blow up. So I don't know. <laughs> Whoever discovered that anyway? That's what I. I, um, I was. No just, idea. I wondered who. <laughs> There's some (laughs) gold miner that thought, man, my chest hurts. I'm going to put some (laughs) nitroglycerin in my mouth. Oh, it helps. It just makes you
0: wonder, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, this is the kind of story that Dr. Reitz always knew. And I always always wish I knew more of those. But I don't know that story. That's funny, isn't it, how
1: how some of the the pharmaceuticals that we use today – Yes. Who, who's the first guy that, you know. That thought of this. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Digitalis is is one that. Uh, it's a weed. It, it's a weed. Yeah. Yep. But it has a very, very long history, you know, dating back far before the pharmaceutical injury industry in being used for heart issues.
1: See, they probably had one outcast guy in the tribe that had to go and chew on the weed or eat the bug <laughs> just to see <laughs> If, if Sven lives, <laughs> then that's probably good for you. you know?
0: If Sven lives, we can try it for other things. If Sven dies, we won't. But aspirin,
1: a salicilic yes. acid, whatever from willow.
0: Yep, willow bark, yep. and that's something that was used back into prehistory. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it's just amazing to it me how, amazing. how everything is evolved. How medicine is absolutely. constantly evolving, isn't it?
0: It is constantly evolving. It is very different now than it was when I started twenty some years ago.
1: Do you, as a physician, have to go in for continuing education oh, to try and keep up with the absolutely. changes? Absolutely.
0: Yep, absolutely. We need to in order to maintain board certification, we need to obtain a certain number of hours of, of education every year. So, I think it's like 150 hours a year.
1: So you know, I think about um, the the robotic surgery that oh, we yeah. Have right here. to me that's amazing, you know, the Da Vinci robot. Yep. And yep. somewhere there's a kid that's playing video games right now, and his parents are nagging him to quit. But he's going to go on to become a brilliant surgeon. surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand? I quit with that, you know. And so yeah, I know. Or,
0: or even better, he'll he'll grow up to design the next iteration of it. Yeah. A, but
1: see, there again, the technology just it goes so fast.
0: Yes, it does. And it's
1: hard to keep up with it. I'm sure for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I definitely think that it it becomes more and more important to have our specialists who, you know, keep up with the very latest and the very newest techniques. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a role for us primary dot people, we know a little bit about a lot of things, and we're always learning about a lot of things. Um, But I'm, you know, I don't try to keep up with the latest chemotherapy agent, or the latest, um, you know, treatment for things that I don't see regularly. That's, that's what our specialists excel at.
1: The little North Dakota town that I grew up in had a doctor, Doc Clawson, that would go with his little black clutch bag <laughs> yeah. and make house calls. And and people, he was a part. He played softball, and I mean, yep. he was part of the community. Doc Clawson would come to somebody's house, and you knew that somebody was sick in that house, and how things have changed you things know things
0: have definitely changed yeah, they really they have. sure have i think we should go to our next break and then uh we've got one more question and that'll be just about right perfect um so thank you for listening call us 692-1430 and let's hear this informative message
2: Tobacco can lead to tobacco nicotine dependence and serious health problems. Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1 800 QUIT NOW. That's 784 8669 or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings. For help to quit smoking today 6979500
1: um, we were talking off mic about this, that, and the other thing. And I said, hey, you know, by the way, I, I sure appreciate you coming up here and visiting with us. Um, I know my wife just loves you. You're her doctor. And you said, what's her name when I told you?
0: It's like this epiphany. Really? <laughs> it was. It was You were,
1: this... You went, that poor woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'll have to ask her and tease her a little about the good. Oh, dear. House, yeah. So. <laughs> okay.
1: Good deal. Yeah.
0: So we have another question here. Somebody wants to know, in the obituary, why don't they note that the person died of COVID? Obituaries are um, written by the family. So it's whatever the family wants to say. And some families want to reveal or are willing to reveal why somebody died and other families are not. So um, that yeah. I, I think it kind of helps the community to kind of know what's going on. But um, it is definitely a matter of privacy and what the family wants to say and what the person wants to say. About it.
1: I, I thought as I've gotten older too, I do go back and read my little hometown paper yep. obituaries to try and keep up with you know some of the old folks, and it is really sad to me. Um, you know, in any given month, you may see a young person that died of some strange disease or mishap. There's this young kid that was a plumber and was working in a trench and that collapsed Collapsed on him and, you know, 30 year old kid really. So sad.
0: It is. It is sad. And I mean, I think we all have that. Well, why did this happen? And, um, some of it I think is to reassure ourselves that, well, I can protect myself from that. It won't happen to me. Um,
1: yeah, we have week that's going on uh, South Dakota Public TV. So I'm not sure if there's going to be an on-call program this there week. There
0: is. There is not an on-call program this week. So, uh, however, you can watch the encore presentation of uh, Dr. Cruz, joined by uh, Dr. Catherine Lincoln from the Guthrie Medical Group in Pennsylvania, and Dr. Nephi Jones from. Avera Orthopedics here in Brookings and they're going to be talking about wound care and treatment of different wounds. So you can find the show being streamed on Prairie Doc Facebook page Thursday night at 7 central and we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program today. It has been a joy. It has been my
1: to- pleasure. <laughs> um, I want to back up a second though. Wound care is an entirely whole different branch of, of medicine that really it's just come to the national forefront in the last 20 years or so.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. It's another kind of new development in medicine. Medicine is always changing. Always, and always changing. The
1: nice thing about it is if it didn't, we'd be stuck back in the Stone Ages, wouldn't we? Absolutely. You know? So it's really a nice
0: thing. And technology in general. I mean, think about it. A hundred years ago, was there radio? Yeah. It wasn't like this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sure wasn't. Two hundred yeah. years ago, there was not radio. <laughs>
1: Dr. Johnson, it has been my pleasure to have you come in. And I hope we can do this again real soon. We got stood up on our date for Dr. Jill, so she's going to have to buy you lunch today at Ooh, the cafeteria.
0: I like that idea. Uh,
1: Fish witches today, I think, is what's going uh, to So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you.
0: Know. Maybe I'll make her take me to quit,
1: <laughs> But we want to thank all of our, <laughs> our listeners for the questions. I invite you again to tune in next week from 9.30 until 10 right here at Prairie Doc Radio. Oh, I'm um, guessing Laura should probably be back in, uh, Yeah, I think it's Laura and me. Good deal. Double feature then. Dr. Johnson, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. God bless you for all you do. Keeping us safe and healthy. We'll see you again soon, okay? Sounds
0: great. Stay healthy out there, people. Good advice.
1: Bye now.